0: Hi, welcome to episode number 24 of the Joe DeVoe Show. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, but you can call me Joe, and I am here to uplift and support my fellow creatives, lovable weirdos, and makers of magic. And today I have someone who might fit into all of those three categories, fellow creative, lovable weirdo, and maker of magic, Kara Elizabeth the kick-ass creatrix behind the Animal Apothecary Oracle deck that is blowing my mind because it's so damn groovy. The Animal Apothecary deck was recently published by Hey House, very exciting. And I'm really happy to get to share this interview with you. If you are a person who is trying to manifest something creative that is extremely challenging Or if you are a person who dreams of publishing a book or a deck one day. Because if you listen carefully to what Kara is saying, you will hear the story of being guided. She was guided every step of the way, all the way to finding her publisher. And it's really interesting to hear her talk about that. I'm not going to get ahead of her here and start telling her story. She can do it better in her own words. But that's something that I've been learning a lot about in the last couple of years being guided, allowing myself to be guided and not be such a control freak with the universe about what I want. <laughs> and I had an oracle deck creator on the podcast, was it earlier this year? Nicole Pierre. She made the Spirit Cats Oracle and the Witch Cats Oracle, and she had a really similar experience. She was very guided in creating that deck. And funny enough, I say during this interview with Kara that I don't really see myself as an animal oracle person. I don't really gravitate toward animal-centric decks. But this year, I started doing little readings for myself with Nicole's Spirit Cat deck, which I owned for a long time before I spoke to her. But after I spoke to her, she kept emphasizing that she was a writer and I knew the cards had writing on the back, but I really just was enjoying the art. I just thought they were really beautiful. But after I spoke to her, I started reading with them. And I was like, she is not just a writer. She's channeling these really amazing spiritual lessons. Isn't this awesome? So that's an animal deck right there. It's all cats. And now I've been reading with Kara's deck, the animal apothecary, which I think is so great for shadow work specifically. I was hoping to get this episode out in time for Samhain, but we're getting it out in the middle of Scorpio season, and I think that's good enough because I think her deck is really great for facing fear or doing any kind of shadow work. I think it's, well, it's beautiful. To me, it's beautiful. I love the groovy. I'm using that word intentionally. It's very groovy the way it looks. I love the artwork, but also there's very dark I don't know if she would describe it that way, but some of the imagery is just dark and challenging. And so I have my spirit cat deck when I want to be inspired in the morning and I really want to be like, yes, it's a beautiful day and I'm so here for it. And then if my day turns out to be not so beautiful and it starts to get really challenging, then I can turn to the animal apothecary and explore that. I love to use it to explore any kind of resistance. So maybe I'm lying when I say I don't gravitate toward animal oracles or animal-centric decks because these two very much feature the animals. In fact, I'm gonna link to Nicole's episode here so you can hear the difference between their stories because Well, what I love about them, what they have in common is they are each so totally themselves and super fired up about the creation process specifically, not just the end result, but the actual process of it and the experience of being in surrender and the joy of just things starting to unfold, synchronicities and all of that. And then the growth that comes out of an experience like that, they have that in common. But what's very different about them is Cara, who you're about to listen to right now, she went the traditional publishing route. And then Nicole, who I will link to in the show notes, she self-published and was wildly successful with it. Wildly. I love to just pop into her Instagram sometimes to find out what she's up to because I'm so stoked for her and the possibilities. I'm stoked about the implications for all of you who dream of self publishing a book or self publishing a tarot deck. It's exciting to know that somebody can achieve the level of success that she has doing it on her own. And it's exciting to listen to Kara talking about. Getting her deal with Hay House, which came about in a very synchronistic way because she was in trust. So we're going to talk a lot about trust and what broke her trust when she was young and how that impacted her life as a creator. I want to give a very strong, strong trigger warning There is mention of sexual assault of a minor during this conversation and suicide ideation. She talks about being sexually abused as a kid and healing the PTSD that followed in the wake of that and wanting to end her life. So I know some of you are sensitive about that kind of subject matter, so I thought I should give you a heads up. And then also I feel like I should say this is Kara's journey toward empowerment coming out of ptsd and neither one of us are recommending anything here to you she's just sharing what her journey was like and so i want to be clear about that too nothing mentioned nothing mentioned here is advice we're not giving you advice we're not making suggestions for what kind of care you need to give yourself if you're struggling If you're struggling with mental health issues, reach out for help, reach out for help first, and then explore all of the different modalities that there are out there. Definitely explore Oracle Cards if that excites you, but get the help you need also. You know what I'm saying? Everybody is individual, and I think Kara's story is really amazing. She actually talks about turning your trauma into your greatest asset. And I have a feeling that that could be a controversial statement, but she's very fired up about it. And I think the potential in that is super interesting. If anything, I imagine this talk with Kara will probably get you fired up because she's so fired up. It's contagious. And then one other thing I want to mention that is just sort of like a side note is right when I was in the midst of editing this, I took a break to make some dinner and I saw that Gwen Stefani was on the Armchair Expert podcast and she talks a lot about God. So I feel like since I'm warning you about all the things, I should warn you about that too. (laughs) Gosh, gosh. Lots of people have a problem with God, but she doesn't. She talks about God, source, universe, whatever. She talks about that energy and how she became a songwriter. And it really was a parallel journey to what Kara and Nicole are experiencing now, even though they're both toward the beginning end of their careers. I could hear the parallels because Gwen was really talking about following her truth and her heart and her story. And and every time that she was really herself, when she was just being herself, those were the moments that led up to her being the success that she is today. So her story is also one of just being very guided. Plus, hello, Gwen Stefani. Who doesn't love Gwen Stefani? <laughs> I thought it was fun. I thought she had really good chemistry with both Dax and Monica. Well Dax and Monica have perfect chemistry anyway and they tend to just suck people into it which is why Armchair Expert is one of my favorite podcasts but it's fun when someone that you really admire and love and enjoy as an artist gets sucked into it and they all have chemistry and I feel like they did. Why? Why am I promoting another podcast on my podcast (laughs) armchair expert does not need your ears i do don't you dare turn away from me (laughs) all right all right all right okay let's roll into this interview with Kara. i hope you love it and i hope it leaves you feeling excited about your own dreams Hi, Cara. Welcome back to the podcast.
1: Hey, Joanna. Thank you so much for having me back. It's always really cool to work with you and have conversations. So thank you. I'm really grateful.
0: Mm. We talked in 2021. I had to look it up because I don't even know what time means anymore. And it feels like <laughs> 10 million years ago since 2021. And so much has changed. <laughs> so- yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing what you think
1: about that and what has changed for you. Besides the fact that time has actually sped up because we're consuming information on like a, a really intense rate. So yeah, the growth factor for everyone. I mean, I feel like I'm a new person. I'm a really new person every month, but I bet you can relate to that. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. In fact, so much so that I don't like going back and listening to myself from the past. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever yeah. we yeah. said in our previous interview is dead to me. <laughs>
1: it's dead to me too. I'm like I, you know, we've grown so much. So, yeah. Um, so much has transformed and happened. To give any kind of little context, I was just in the making and creation of Animal Apothecary, my card deck. But since then, I got a publishing deal with Hay House. It launched last month. And what's super cool about my deck is that it's not about like foretelling your future. It's about manifesting your purpose and claiming your power overcoming challenges and it acts like a toolbox and wisdom and love and guidance for actually doing that because what's the point of anything if we're not on the journey of becoming our true self so
0: also appropriate for Samhain in my opinion and it isn't predicting the future but it is because you're changing you're transmuting and who you are becoming is going to completely change who you are in the future. And that is what I love about it. This is the real work.
1: Yeah. And we can shape and mold our future. And of course, it's always going to look a little, sometimes very different, but with certain kind of steps towards what we are trying to manifest, like we can be a part of that co-creation of or fulfilling our purpose, really.
0: Yeah. If anybody's listening and they're online right now, I recommend Googling animal apothecary or just going to the show notes and clicking on the link so you can look at the deck while we're talking about it because it's so groovy. I'm so you. in love. I'm madly in love with this deck. Cara. I have so many questions to ask you about it, but what's really funny is Maybe last week, maybe a couple of weeks ago, I was on Discord talking about how, not in depth, but I just mentioned how I don't really connect with animal cards, typically, Mm -hmm. like an animal deck. It's just not my my gig. This is an exception, and Mm -hmm. I can reason out why. There's just so much occult imagery, and it's so visceral, like I can feel it in a way. I love the colors. I love that groovy kind of 70s-esque thing. So my thing. (laughs) And it's been a long time in the making. I just know from talking to you last time.
1: Yeah. I mean, from point A to whatever point I'm at now, it's been about four years. But the cool thing about this journey of creating this was really the journey of overcoming 18 years of complex post-traumatic stress disorder. So as an adult, I dealt with 18 years of reliving my past of being molested as a kid for a few years by a neighbor. But it was really this journey while during that 18 years, always looking outside of myself to every kind of healer for someone to fix and heal me. It wasn't until I realized. That and you know, it got to such a horrifically, I you know, there's not even words for it because it was like, I'm either gonna end my life because my past is imprisoning me, and there's something in me that knows that I was created to do something more, but it's it seems impossible, and that I can't actualize my gifts or my purpose because I'm imprisoned by reliving my past every day. So it was like we end it or or i do something totally different and i fix myself i heal myself i become the medicine so for me each card Was literally the prescription for what kind of guidance and advice. And like you said, it's not just based on animals, and there's so much of that connection to animal medicine, but it's also on alchemy and Jungian archetypes and quantum physics and objective science, and really just colliding so many different teachings, whether it's spiritual or scientific, and smushing them together to create kind of a a prescription for each card of something that is like of wisdom and guidance towards self actualization. And it's pretty powerful because anyone who's dealt with PTSD, first of all, it's just really difficult to live, but also there's so many different things that make you continue to identify as a victim. So the idea of of manifesting your heart's deepest desire seems too good to be true and you know it's funny because i didn't actually believe in myself a lot during the process of creating this card deck and i knew that i wanted it to be out there in the public and i wanted to get a publisher behind me and i didn't quite believe in myself and The cool thing about that, because you know how everyone's like, you got to believe in yourself. If you want others to believe in you, it's like, actually, no, you don't. As long as you don't give up. And I didn't give up. And the more I kept going and you build little confidence by little confidence. And then I got I got a publisher and a really cool publisher. So I just like to say to all those people who don't believe in yourself who cares? Just don't give up. That's the thing for me. That's like the secret sauce. Like just don't give up. And, you know, along that journey, you will start to believe in yourself. Yeah. yeah.
0: It sounds like just from your story too, maybe we can retell it to some
1: degree, but you did believe somewhat in spirit. Yes. When I spoke about that moment of like, do we end my life or do i love how i keep calling myself the royal we i mean whatever i got multiple (laughs) characters that live in me right like don't we all but when i decided like okay let me let me figure this out let me just try to see if i can do it i started going to my roof every morning and every night and really having i've always been into i am very spiritual i grew up a high i've always been really into prayer but i took it to a new level where i became obsessed with communion with life with universe whatever you want to call it the great mystery and i was having these conversations in the morning and at night so for almost two hours a day before and after work with with the great mystery with the universe. And I was like forsaking it. I was, you know, yelling at it for like, what have you done to me? While in the same moment falling to my knees with my head bowing to the ground and my my hands open in reception and begging to fulfill my purpose. And I was like, I will do whatever you want me to do. Like, let me live my purpose. Let me share my gifts. And I begged, I was like, let me use my gifts to serve humanity. Let me use my gifts to uplift others. And then the inspiration and the way it all came together with creating the card deck. And, you know, I didn't even know what I was doing I didn't even know it was gonna be a card deck. Like I, I just, it was so bizarre how it all came together. But there's something so powerful about whatever this thing is that we live in. That is, we are created from. We're all connected to it. It is, and I understand everyone has different beliefs, but it is listening. You know, when there's something different about instead of being like, this is what I want and I need you to do this for me while you're praying, but instead being like, what do you want me to do? Mm,
0: That is a big distinction.
1: Huge. And I'm even at that moment again, I just remembered I have all these like, what's next? What's the next thing I need to do? And then this is going to be this and it looks like this in my head. And I was just thinking how, it's kind of strangling me to have all these expectations of what do I need to do? And it's very like Americana, like success oriented, which is just like, you know, whatever it's, it's what it is, but just kind of this understanding of wait, wait a minute. What does life want me to do? Because it's always a billion times more open and lightweight, you know, and it comes in a interesting way instead of me trying to like Strangle how I expect things should go. So, Mm. yeah,
0: yeah. I think it's a bold, courageous prayer to say, "Use me and let me be of service." Because I think that that's a terrifying prospect. I have definitely considered that many times. Like, oh gosh, what life has handed me is not something I ever would have chosen for myself. Yeah. ever and it's made my life much much deeper and I'm speaking specifically about being the mother now to a 29 year old man with profound autism who I will be caring for for the rest of his life and it's very hard to explain to people the joy in that it's such a joyful thing because he sees the world in such a unique Open hearted way, and I promise you, I never would have chosen that for myself. But life chose me for that, and it's completely transformed who I am. And of all the artistic endeavors I've pursued, that's the one I think on my deathbed I'll look back and I'll be like, That was it. Being this guy's mom was the catalyst and the purpose.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, even just listening to you, I mean, my heart is like swelling. It really is. It yeah. it so is, Joanna. Like it's one of those things, and I can't even explain the energy, but it's just this like that love that is filled with that it's filled with so much with discovery, with expansion, with despair, with pain, and it's all of it wrapped together is this beautiful thing
0: yeah it's kind of like you're saying could I please have a rock I need this rock I want it so bad and the universe is like but I have this sparkling amazing priceless diamond to give you and you're like but I just want the rock and you like hold on to the rock so tightly and then the minute you let it go you realize the power of the diamond and that maybe maybe life or the universe, the mystery knows better than you do about what's going to be fulfilling.
1: Yeah. Talk about trust though. And I think the average person probably has a difficult time, not only trusting life, but trusting themselves. And it's really one of those things that I, there's a few things I want to kind of like conquer in this life. And having profound trust because you know from the trauma that happened to me as a kid where you lose trust for everything and it's like okay so you're getting molested and it's like help where is everyone and then this idea of like if you believe in something bigger than yourself which I did also is like well what's going on there if there's this thing beyond myself like why is this happening? Why is life letting this like, mm-hmm. happen? and of course I don't look at life like that now. Like, you know, there's nothing fair about, it's not like a fair life. I mean, although there's justice and I'll, I'll get back to that. So I really want to create a relationship with life and the great mystery where I just absolutely trust. So I am working on that. That and overcoming fear completely are like two of my, like, we're gonna, we're gonna figure this out. Same,
0: same girl, me and you. And this (laughs) is, I think why I love this deck. I would just love it on the face of it. If I picked this up at a bookstore, I would absolutely.
1: It does have a good love it.
0: It has a great dark side that I think is really important and ties into what you're touching on here. That like life is not fair. Maybe suffering is an innate Part of it, and there's a purpose in it. This deck definitely reflects that. But I do, having known you from having the conversation that we had before, I do know that you have a lot of trust and faith just Mm -hmm. because this is a journey that was like one step at a time. You just started out as an artist, a performance artist, a visual artist, not even knowing you were making cards and one image at a time. When I interviewed you, it was called the Animal Pharmacy PH. Yeah. And yeah. I think the backs of the card have changed since you have this amazing publisher. You must break down the publishing journey because it's a really special story. And I know there's a lot of writers listening that would love to hear yeah. that. Yeah. But also, I just see somebody who was guided and let themselves be guided through a yeah. very, very long, long
1: process. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes I'm like, maybe this is just like a marriage with life. Like, why don't we ever talk about like, we are married to it. Like you get mad at it. You love it. You hate it. uh, You feel like intoxicated by it in a good way, in a bad way. It's like this thing. So I was, I, I, (laughs) you're right. You're right. As much as I, you know, still deal with lack of trust, I let it guide me. So you're totally right. Both can be true too. I feel like I'm a very
0: brave person and I'm a very afraid person and both are true. And it really depends on the moment you find
1: me. Really, it really depends on the, like you just said, the moment you find me, I'm like the hour of the day. I might be ragingly confident or just like, oh, I'm back in my little (laughs) scared space again. That's
0: why we have tools though. Because when you're really out of your depth and feeling insecure, you can reach to something like your go-to oracle deck or prayer or whatever it is for you, your mala beads. It it doesn't matter if it works for you, hang on to it and you can rely on it in those moments where you need something to carry you to the next right step.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is those tools that kind of help you just shift. You know, you just got to like remember, because I really think for me, at least when I, I fall into that place of being scared, it, what it really is, is that I'm, I'm kind of feeling like a victim and it doesn't matter if it makes sense or not. At least for me, it's like when I'm scared or not trusting, it brings back like, oh, I'm a victim. And it's like, no, you're actually freaking powerful. And two, to understand what it means to be a victim just means that you can understand what it means to be the most powerful warrior aspect of yourself. And, you know, you've mentioned transmuting, I think, or transmute, or I think you did at least. Yes. Some and My whole goal and everything in the next project I'm working on is really about changing the way we look at our difficulties and our traumas as a powerhouse of energy because, you know, pain and and trauma is like an atomic bomb, right? It can destroy you and others around you. But the way an atomic bomb works is very similar to how the sun shines. So we can't destroy energy. And if we're living with this pain and this trauma in us, and why I always found that at least the terminology like healing didn't quite resonate with me, because it came to this point where it's like, well, It's an energy in me and it's not broken. It's just a really intense energy. And I need to transmute that energy and turn it into something else. So I turned my trauma of, you know, all the aftermath of what happened to me from being molested. And you know, what's crazy is that regardless of how sick and twisted and horrific those acts were that were done to me, it's like the aftermath of how, you know, it changes your brain chemistry and how it changes your belief system about the world and dealing with being a dysfunctional adult for 18 years is almost, it's like the aftermath is more devastating than the actual twisted act. But I've come to this point where I'm just really into changing the story of pain, the story of trauma into, nope. this is your greatest asset. Like, Let's get into it. Let's turn it into something that is fulfilling and let's lean that energy towards you stepping into your purpose. Otherwise, it can destroy you like an atomic bomb. But if you can manipulate and shift and gear that energy towards anything else that's uplifting or feels like it's towards your passion or what you were created to do, it is the strongest energy that has the most powerful momentum to catapult you into your purpose. And that is the justice in that trauma, that you can turn it around and use it as your greatest asset. And perhaps create monumental beautiful things that you couldn't have if you didn't experience that level of tragedy or pain. So yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm hearing all of this. Yeah, and I like referring to it as an energy. It's a force and it has oh, yeah. a life on its own. Oh yeah. That will take over if you don't learn how to harness it mm-hmm. and give it a channel to a better purpose, a higher purpose, even just your own purpose, I think is a good enough place to begin. Like forget about your higher self and all of that. If that sounds too out there, just make it work for you right now. (laughs) You know, it's kind of how I see it because I also have complex post-traumatic stress disorder and it's true. It's the events that create that are horrific but it then creates this kind of mental prison, a prison of your nervous system and the body that you have to live with for years and years and years and years and years. And the frustration that comes from that, I think there's a lot of shame that comes from that because it's inexplicable to the people around you. Like, why can't she do the thing? Why? Yeah. You know, and- it's it's like that. And you're like, I don't
1: know. There,
0: It's like there's right. an
1: invisible ghost
0: keeping me in prison.
1: Yeah. You're consistently being hijacked yes. and your nervous system, you know, you're spewing out cortisol and adrenaline. And for me and dealing with complex PTSD, you're tapping into insanity because it changes your perception of reality. So you're not in touch with truth, right? It's like you get triggered by something that's just slightly hinting at whatever past experience and then your system it totally takes over your physiological and then the way you see reality is like no that's not actually what's going on your manager just was in a bad mood and aggressively asked you to do something it's not that big a deal <laughs> <laughs> but then you're losing it and you got to go cry in the bathroom and feel like a little girl again i don't know
0: yeah, It's interesting that I remember being on my healing journey for a long time, and I actually don't necessarily see it as healing, but more of like a holing, becoming whole and becoming who I am, like reclaiming yeah. parts of myself. But I remember I for a long time it being kind of weird, like a weird thing I was doing. You could find other people who were doing it, but now, particularly coming off the pandemic, which I know is still happening, but... It seems like everybody has trauma and it's like, well, yeah, you know, this is a traumatic world we live in and childhood is hard. Your teenage years are very, very hard. And being a young adult is hard. And guess what? Just life is hard. And so I think it's great that people can talk about it and we have language around it and there's all different kinds of healing modalities and therapies and tools and take your pick.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it doesn't have to be some kind of a big catastrophic trauma. It could just be like your mom was dissociative and, you know, it created this weird understanding about relationships with you and others. And it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, tra- that can
0: just create the experience of neglect or yeah. abandonment when you have a very loving mom. She's just a little bit checked out.
1: Yeah. So it doesn't, need to be some big event it can just be all of us are just where we're at trying to do i i really think that even the worst of the worst people are just trying to like get by with how they even understand this reality which is it's a lot I'm sure you can hear the um, police car in the background. Apologies. Oh, that's
0: okay. We'll have one soon to match you. I'm in Los Angeles. so
1: <laughs> Cool. I'm in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've yeah. got both ends of the United States covered yeah. here from city to city and yeah. it's noisy. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Maybe that's also why I respond to your art. Cause there's something really contemporary and modern about it that I love living in a city like I love the lowbrow art on all the walls, like the murals and the different event spaces you can go to where people are doing things in the same vein that you're doing in terms of just person to person, art to art, human to human. And I feel that in your cards in the same way I do here in Los Angeles, which for the record, I love. I love living here, and I yes. know not
1: everybody does, but I do. I used to live there. I went to Cal Arts for grad school, so yeah, nice. I was in yeah I was in L.A. for six years. But oh wow,
0: um, yeah, that's a good amount of time.
1: Yeah, but now I've been here for eleven years. So, did you want me to share some of my publishing journey for your writer? Are fan? you kidding?
0: Yes, yeah, yeah for kidding. sure. I think that's fascinating.
1: Yeah. So I really felt the whole time that, and I considered it and, you know, investigated what it would look like, but I just wasn't into the idea of self publishing. I like the idea of having someone do all the work that I didn't want to do, like get the printer and the distributing. And plus, when you get a publisher, you know, I'm on Amazon in India and France and I'm at Barnes and Noble. I'm in all these different places that I wouldn't necessarily have easy access to. So anyways, working on the card deck and the guidebook for like three years and it was got to this point, like, okay, we, I want to get this thing published. So I went on the journey of investigating how the heck do you get a publisher? So, one of the first steps is to write a book proposal. And it was really challenging for me because it was not fun at all. It's like, you need to discuss like who's your audience and what percentage of blah, blah, blah and a pie chart of your demographics and who are you like and not like and why are you the best person that we should choose? And, you know, I wasn't into writing it and it took me quite some time. And then I got a, towards the very end, I was like, I'm going to hire a publisher, excuse me, I'm going to hire an editor and get a little bit of help to just formalize and just make it just punch in everything else that I might be missing. And in there, it was really helpful. And one of the things he said was to, and his name's Michael Sanders, amazing editor and writer, he was like, let's just get a video of you talking about the cards, and like, that's it. Like, we're, you know, it's done, finito. And then you can start sending it to agents to try to get a publisher. Because also, when you write a book proposal, you then would send it to agents, and you should expect to get, you know, rejected by most of them. And then one agent might be into you. And then if they pick you up, then they will send your book proposal to different publishers and try to get you a deal. So, you know, I'm at the very end, like the book proposal is all done. And I just need this one last thing to shoot a video and where I work, I asked, Oh, could I shoot a video before we open the store in this area? Just cause it's a good background. My manager was like, sure. So that morning I'm getting ready and I'm have YouTube on and Louise Hay pops up. And for your listeners who don't know, you know, she runs Hay House Publishing. She is a pioneer in the manifestation and self-love kind of world and bringing it into popular culture. We should also
0: mention just for context that she had a very traumatic background and Mm. she transmuted some really shitty things from her past. Yeah, yeah. Into power. So it's not just like love and light. There's a lot of darkness there, too, that I want to acknowledge because people don't often acknowledge that when they talk about Louise Hay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So she's this incredible powerhouse and I'm listening to her on YouTube and I remember thinking I haven't listened to her in a long time and I just kept listening. And I was just like, yeah, it's been a while since I've listened to her. So I just continued listening, putting on my makeup, whatever, go to work early, shoot the video. And then I'm like, done. I'm done. So I'll just, you know, link this in my book proposal later and I can start sending it out. So I'm at work. And later that day, and I work at a high-end fashion space in Soho and Gabrielle Bernstein walks in. So If you don't know who she is, she's a New York Times bestseller and an inspirational speaker. And I had actually spoke about her in my book proposal because there's a part where you discuss other authors who might do some similar stuff to you and you explain how you're similar, why you're different. And I see her walk in and I'm like, oh, my God, that's such a good sign that I just saw her like I wrote about her in my book proposal And I was like, I'm going to go say hi to her. And a lot of times with all my clients, I have my cards and I'll give people readings. And I was like, no, I'm just going to say hi to her. I'm not going to like try to give her a reading with my cards because she's like famous. So i just want to say hi Mm -hmm. and thank her. So I go, I thank her. I said, you know, I used you as a reference in my book proposal and I really grateful for your work. Thank you. And I'm walking away and one of my coworkers is like, Oh, and Carr does these like amazing, like power workshops to like claim your power and da, 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 da. And I turn around and in my head, I was like, screw it. I'm going to give her a reading. So I walk back up to Gabrielle Bernstein and her, her assistant. And I'm like, pull a card. And I read them. And then Gabby Bernstein was like, send me your book proposal. I'm sending it to Hay House. And I was like, what? I was like, oh my God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can we just say too,
0: you know, she's really famous for many, many books, but the universe has your back and the card deck that goes with that. Your deck definitely belongs in that family. And she's with Hay House and you were just watching Louise Hay videos. And hello, did I not say that your path is guided? It's so guided. And this is awesome for those who are like thinking about the manifestation process. This is what it looks like.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So she sends it to to Hay House. They're interested in me, and then, first of all, no one really ever gets a publishing house interested in them without an agent first, but it was cool that I did and Then I finally got an agent, and then I got the book deal and uh yeah, it's been really amazing and powerful and I will say, because you mentioned the manifesting journey and that there was one thing that a tool that I used that was also really helpful for me in that kind of believing in myself and believing that I could get a book deal by an awesome publisher is scripting. Mm. Yeah. For a year, I was obsessed with scripting. I don't do it as often anymore because I kind of am like, I believe in myself. I know I can do anything now, but I was scripting about so many things that I manifested. And one of them was like, yeah, I got a book deal with a great publisher and I have a great agent. My literary agent, who's amazing, Adriana Simola, like just got to give her a shout out. She's so great. But yeah, scripting was really helpful because it was actually brainwashing myself, which made perfect sense. And to explain scripting to some yes. people. Yes. I'm such a
0: fan. And I was about to ask you, I yes. love, I don't think scripting is for everyone, but I think it's, it's
1: worth funny. experimenting with to see if it's for you. Yeah. Because even now, when I try to get back into it, it's like, I can't get back into it. I, it became like a religion for me, but it worked. So, mm-hmm. and why it also made so much sense to me is because if whatever has happened to me and these thought forms that happen in these things that created me to not believe in myself, to have low self-esteem and da, 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 that means that I also can brainwash myself to be confident, to feel beautiful, to manifest my purpose. If it's all just me changing my belief system. So there's different ways you can do it. You could 10 minutes before you go to sleep because before you go to sleep, you're going into that like theta brainwave subconscious realm and you just write and you just say how like everything as if it's already happened. Like I'm so grateful. I got the most amazing book deal. I love that I can look in the mirror and feel beautiful. I love that I have money to support myself and travel. It's so cool how I'm enjoying life so much and I'm in the coolest adventure of my life or whatever. You just say it as if it's already happened, but I wasn't even really doing it so much before I went to bed. I was doing it on my lunch break. I was doing it on the train to work. I was just like going at it like really, really hard. And one thing that was helpful for me was that in the, um, the beginning when I started writing, like, I'm so confident or whatever, I didn't believe it. So it actually made me feel worse. Like it triggered something like ugh, it, it like created more of a resistance. So I would write it. I am so ready to. And that mm-hmm. felt really real. I was like, hell yeah, I'm ready to step into my power. Hell yeah, I'm ready to feel confident. Hell yeah, I'm ready to like look in the mirror and feel beautiful. So it made it like. Yeah, I am ready. And then it was after like a week, it turned into no, I am, I'm doing this is what's up.
0: That's such a good point to make. Like it has to be something you can invest in emotionally and kind of get rolling with. And if you're like, I'm not beautiful, I'm not rich, this is bullshit, there's kind of no point. Like you have to reach for something that feels true. And it could just be, I am willing to figure out how to become more confident. If that's all you can start with, just start there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it, wow, it, it really worked for me. It even got to a strange point. <laughs> once it's all, was, strange, it's <laughs> all strange. But I was like writing out how I was like, you know, envisioning like this is how my boyfriend's going to talk to me. And this is what he's saying. And I'm like using all these like prolific words and whatnot. And I was dating this guy and he was like saying verbatim to me the stuff I had written down. I was like, is this guy going through my journals or <laughs> did I just manifest this? And, you know, of course, he was not the one, but it was just bizarro world to see like wow, I wrote that. I That's freaking awesome. wrote that. So, <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like you channel? Is that
1: a word you use? I don't use it, but I think artists are naturally channelers and I just don't necessarily use that word, but I'm just this like open vessel and everything in my creation. It's like, I didn't like me and my ego didn't create this. It's like, if you could see me, I'm opening my arms and I'm opening (laughs) just kind of express like I'm just this this vessel this tool to allow life to express itself through me and that's how I feel like that is one of the gifts of being an artist so that's how yeah I don't really use the word channel but that's I guess kind of channeling but in just the artist way
0: yeah it's what I would call it, but I know not everybody likes that yeah. word, but like I pulled out some of the weirder cards in your deck and I laid them out. Of course, they're the ones I love, the weirder, the better, but it's like, you don't yeah. just sit down and decide to write a skeleton with an active brain and a rooster sitting on top with like, <laughs> so like, there's like things in this. You're like, yeah, this isn't just something you sit down and decide to do, <laughs> There's like an yeah. eye with a fang coming out of the pupil in one of the cards. And- oh yeah,
1: even that was inspired. I saw something. There was like a beam of light coming out of like someone's eye, and I was like, "Yeah, that makes sense." Like a beam of light, but then I turned it into like a crystal coming out of someone's. I mean, so there's so many things. Just like for me, it, it's like I see things and and then I read things, and I'm just inspired. By everything, and I kind of, you know, do it in my own way then. But okay, uh, this is so funny too, because your art
0: is not yours anymore. Like when you hand it over to other people, they start adding layers of meaning. Uh, and yeah. you're drawing this saying, oh, there's a crystal coming out of this eyeball. And there's a a snake's head underneath the image of that. And so I'm like, oh, that's a fang coming out of the eyeball. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. And I'm like, oh, I love that about art. It's so, it's not for you. It's for you first.
1: Right. And then then it's it's uh, for everybody else. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I would do these visualizations about the idea of like having animal apothecary go into the world I would just see this, like, I'm just like surrounded by all these animals. And I was just like, go run and go meet humanity, like go. And that was my visualization for this release of the deck into the world was like this imagery of my animal kingdom. And I'm like, all right, go, go. And, you know, there's all these ravens and stuff flying to go introduce animal apothecary to people
0: when did you start doing workshops?
1: So that actually is like such a big passion of mine. It is the thing that like, it's more and more of what I do. So I've been doing workshops really in just kind of a a smaller way for the past few years. And then in the past year, I've really been putting them out there and doing them in different spaces and really want to actually make it it is becoming more part of like, Oh, this is like my career. Like I love working with groups of people to claim their power, to turn their trauma into their greatest asset, to connect to what their purpose is, to use the animal kingdom to help them step into greater aspects of themselves. And I use a lot of music, I use kundalini, I use voice medicine, I use animal medicine, I use writing, and I do this thing where I lead people on a journey with usually like dope synthy dance music or, you know, and it can be somber or hype. I, I do this thing where I I lead you into yourself and get you to connect to this to you, which is really freaking cool because what's more precious than you connecting to you and I lead people on these really interesting visual journeys. And then, but like myself who needs variety, it's like, there's that. And then now we're going to do movement and now there's dance and now we're going to do some voice work. And now, and you know, it's this 90 minute jam packed thing of cry a little joy, a little dance, a little hype, a little, and just get you into your power. So.
0: Mm. Yeah. You seem really confident. I watched, over an hour long thing you posted it on Instagram and I watched the whole thing. And I was like, wow, like she looks like she belongs there. She's so good at this.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Because, you know, you mentioned before, like my background, you know, I was a performance artist and this was, it was such the pain of that point in my life in my early to mid thirties, you know, and especially when it came to that moment of like, am I going to end this? Because, um, God, it's like I even get emotional talking about it. But my everything in my heart, you know, it wanted to self-express, right? It wanted like me as a performance artist and all my my performance art used to be just like kind of this satire on how messed up the world was guys in the idea of like I'm promoting world peace when I was really just talking about how messed up the world was. But I loved performing and I loved being in front of people and it just felt like I could never the thing that was so much and I mentioned this that was just so much more devastating than reliving my trauma all the time was the misery of the unattainment of my self-actualization so it also was this weird journey that my performance art is now in the form of me doing workshops and that's so cool. And my, my performance art is now about getting you into you and getting off on your own power. So you can self-actualize. And I really feel like I do it. I'm not like anyone else. Although I've had a couple of people be like, you're like Tony Robbins. I'm (laughs) like, wait, what?
0: But I think
1: they mean that I have this, um, this, dominating kind of it's an intense you're a, you have an intensity to you yeah so I wouldn't say I'm really like him but I think they mean it like that like I'm like I'm gung-ho about you being a warrior and let's do this so yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I definitely feel what you're saying about that frustration of knowing you're meant for something like you feel mm-hmm. it being creatively mm-hmm. driven And not being able to fulfill that, that's what pushed me through my personal healing journey is I was just like, I can't give up because there's something I just know I meant to do something I could feel Ah. it so strongly, but that also created so much frustration and anger and shame and all the things but yet it's the thing also that kept me going. Yeah. in so many ways. So I can feel it when you get emotional about that, because it's something I definitely can relate to. And it really permeates your work. And I love that there's just such a clear, clean theme to what you're doing, not just in the cards, but in your presentations, with the workshops, with all of it. it is just a pure story.
1: Thank you, man. Life is There's no words. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) what is this? It's so beautiful and tragic at the same moment. And that's Mm -hmm. why I'm so grateful. Let's talk about gratitude. You know, I'm sure we're running into an hour, but it's funny because all of this, I'm really trying to stand and just be in this moment, cause I'm like, I'm so grateful. I'm like, can we be real? Like, it's really hard to stand in that gratitude because I'll be honest. I'm like, what's next? Like, let's keep going. And, um, I really want to get to this space where I can kind of see what I've done because where I am right now is like, okay, like I gotta keep going. Like, what's the next thing we got to do? And like, So, um, I am working on that, but I mean, generally I'm grateful, but I just wanted to be a little bit more real about I'm working on really getting, I mean, I'm even just saying this to you is helping me kind of process like, yeah, wait, this is actually awesome. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. to me,
0: like gratitude is about receiving. And I think we get really caught up in what's next, what's next, what's next to the point where it's almost like shoveling food in your face and you never stop to just like enjoy the flavor and
1: do it
0: and swallow it and let it nourish you because you're like, next bite, next bite. (laughs) And that to me, like gratitude is just about receiving everything that's already come your way. Like all the gifts you already have, all the things you've already created, all the lives you've already touched and that have touched you and it's just like a pause
1: and a receiving yeah. so even just me saying what i just said and sharing with your entire audience how i'm <laughs> working through that i was actually able to kind of like get it like even have that moment of like oh god you know just like reflecting like where i was when we did this interview wh- the year whatever it seems like you said it seems like that was like 15 years ago like yeah. <laughs> Wow. Like, yeah. And we've both like grown so much since then. So that's so cool.
0: Mm-hmm. The animal apothecary is no longer the animal pharmacy. And the Joe DeVoe show is no longer hippie, witch. like some things ah. have changed.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. And I mean, not,
0: and not, it's still the same energy. It's evolve. just. Evolve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, where can people get their hands on the
1: stick? Everywhere. I guess your easiest go-to is Amazon or Barnes and Noble for like the most easy access. And if you're interested in, I do a lot of workshops in New York City. I am trying to travel more and do them, but also lives and workshops online. So to sign up for emails about that, my website is Cara Elizabeth, so C-A-R-A Elizabeth, E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H, speaks com So com I'm Animal Apothecary Cards on Instagram, speaks on TikTok. Yeah, and you do
0: regular readings on both?
1: Regular daggers Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I do like collective readings. I post a few different readings weekly. So all for those people who are on the journey of manifesting their most epic life. Mm -hmm. Usually it feels like it's geared towards that, but
0: yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, this was such a good conversation. Do you have one tip for people who are relating to what you're saying about feeling stuck and frustrated about that? Like what's a step that they can take just to start to loosen things up and move a little bit into trust or the hope that they might find it somewhere someday.
1: I feel like that's a loaded question. <laughs> it's a great one. Um it could be something so simple. I know you're okay. a fan of okay. prayer. So so yeah, there's two things I'm thinking. I mean, one, because I'm specifically looking at the shake, release, heal, move on card, which is all about movement, because coming back into my body and seeing that, you know, especially when your body was made as a weapon against you from being sexually abused, and then learning through kundalini specifically for me that your body is actually the greatest computer and you can program it and you know reprogram and deprogram it to become your greatest asset in becoming more magnetic and manifesting so kundalini is very specific movements and sound and breath work to self-actualize and manifest but also i think if there's any kind of movement you do in your life, whether it is you walk five minutes a day, or even if you commit yourself to do two minutes of push ups every day, you can actually give an intention to that movement and you're programming your body. So if you say that this walk is dedicated to me learning trust or whatever, and the thing is you'd have to discipline yourself to do it every day, the same kind of movement, but movement is so powerful. So if you can put intentions onto your movements and start kind of working and seeing how your body is actually here to help you, it is a computer, it's here to help you create the life you want. That's because the card was right in front of me when you were asking me that. So I was like, I got to talk about movement, but Mm -hmm. uh, I will always go back to that really candid communion with life where you actually just speak out loud to life and you have a conversation and it's going to be weird and awkward. You're going to be, you know, be somewhere where you're private. This is very private intimate communion and you're having a discussion about your life and you're asking for guidance and wisdom and you're letting life know that you're pissed off at it or not or whatever, but it's opening another portal because when you communicate with this thing, it will absolutely listen and almost come at you tenfold, right? So It sounds like you're talking out loud to yourself, which in a way you, you are communicating with yourself as well, but you're also in communion with this thing that's beyond you. And I think it loves it. I think it loves it. I I
0: like that thought. Yeah.
1: I think it loves it. I kind of know it does, but you know, people Mm -hmm. might say that's a theory. So (laughs) that, that, that's it. That would be my. My That's own. awesome. That is in-depth and useful.
0: I totally appreciate it. Thank you so much for doing this, Kara.
1: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. So cool to reconnect and thank you for having me back on your show and just share my journey and my cards with everyone.
0: Yes. I will put images like with the Instagram post. I'll do a little carousel
1: so I can share some yeah, of the images. The one where you thought the claw or the tooth yeah. was coming out of the eye. I'm like, you know, it's like a light crystal. And you're like, <laughs> it's a fang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's so cool. I love
0: it. That's it, my friends. If you want to check out the show notes, you can find that episode I was talking about with Nicole, and there will be links to all things Kara Elizabeth. I've got a voicemail over there. Why aren't you leaving me voicemails? Don't you want to talk to me? Leave me a voicemail. Ask me anything within reason on theme with the show regarding something that you heard said that you wanted me to clarify or any question about shadow work, self-love, moving through fear, We can talk about it. We can talk about it. I love it. I love to get to know you guys. So don't be shy. If you want to leave a voicemail, you can even use a goofy name. I used to do on this thing I did called The Brave over on Patreon. I would encourage people to use the name of a favorite fictional character. So if you want to do that, that's cool. And since I said the word Patreon, I should probably promote that here. I don't promote it often enough, but we have an awesome community over on Patreon. We do creative masterminds on the turn of every wheel. I'm building a tarot deck, one card, one month at a time, just for kicks, just because I can, just because I want to. So I'm sharing that journey over there and doing a podcast for each card. And then I do another podcast called The Bebo Effect, Beauty In, Beauty Out. And there's a really nice Discord community. And I wonder if that's where we are all headed. If people are going to leave all of the major social media platforms, like we all keep threatening to do, where are we going to end up? In smaller communities? Are we all going to go running to another big platform? I'm still a Twitter person. We'll have to see how long that holds. But I do like having a little paywall. I know not everybody appreciates that. But as a creator, I do. Because... People are only going to be there if they really want to be there. Or they really hate you, which that would be a waste of money and Patreon will kick you off. (laughs) If you're being mean, you gotta go. But so far, so good. The people that are there are there because they want to be there. So they're nice to each other and it's very different than being on a public forum. So anyway, links to all the things in the show notes. And then I have Teresa Reed lined up for the next episode here. So stay tuned for that. And until we meet again, always remember, life is change. Change is magic. Magic is life. And the journey is the creation. Much love to you. Peace.